Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Edenbrook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited for you to meet my friend Eric Hurt. Eric and I have known each other for about 20 years now. So when I first moved to Nashville, Eric is one of the first people that I met. And it's been fun for me to reconnect with him on this episode because we haven't seen each other or talked with each other in quite a while. So I got to learn some things about Eric, just like you're going to learn, things that I never even knew about him personally. So I'm excited for you to learn those things just as I learned them during the interview. So Eric has been a song plugger, and he's been in the publishing world, and he's most recently been working in the A&R aspect of uh, record labels and publishing. So he's worked with Black River Entertainment, which... Kelsey Ballerini, Josh Kerr, who is a hit songwriter in the country market and in the pop market. And he's currently the VP of A&R for Empire, which most people will know Empire for the hip-hop world that they work in with Snoop Dogg and some of those different artists. Now they're working into the country market as well, and Eric is spearheading the country initiative for Empire. So I'm excited for you to learn about all of the cool things that Eric and I talk about today. So get a pen and pad and get ready to take some great notes. Hey, everyone. I'm hanging out with my friend Eric Hertz. Hey, buddy. How are What's you? What's up, dude? dude how it are is, you, man? It is so good to see you. Yeah, We have too, not man. seen each other in a, in a long time. It's been a while. I mean, man. we've known each other for 19, 20 years. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. It's been That's that long. That's crazy, man. Yeah. God. It's been man. a long, long time. We, uh, My old roommate and best buddy, uh, Rob Wilson, um, I think we met through him yeah, actually a yeah. long, yeah. long time ago. And yeah. so we kind of had our little group that hung out together and yeah. for so long. And, you know, I've gone my way doing, doing music and you've gone your way doing stuff and, you know, life is busy. And so we don't get to see each other as much yeah. as we used to. And which is unfortunate just across the board for anybody when that happens, but it's good to connect, yeah, man. you know, and to know that we're in the same industry and that we're kind of always keeping up with each other. Yeah, you know, I always kind of know what you're doing. I think you kind of always know what I'm doing mm-hmm. on some levels. Yeah. Um, so that's it's fun to get to get together yeah. and just talk with you and share your story and let people know who you are and what you do in the industry and how you've yeah. been successful. And yeah, you know, talking kind of going back, it's crazy to think how long we've known each other at this point. But what's also really cool is we think about how long we've known each other and we've all also 
always known each other as doing music and right. here we are still doing it. That's right. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, cause not everybody can say that. No, no, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, I know that, uh, both you and me have both taken a lot of punches along this journey through yep. the way, but you know, we're sticking it out and that's still right. here. Well, yeah. and I think that is something for listeners to know right off the bat that yeah. that is such an important thing is that the people that are most successful in this industry are the people that don't give up. Yeah. It's the ones right. who have the tenacity to keep going mm-hmm. and, not willing to take no for an answer, mm-hmm. you know, and when you keep getting those then you find another way around, yep. around that mm-hmm. to keep going and to find ways, to find ways through those, those obstacles, Yeah, you know, and for yep. those of us that continue on and don't stop, mm-hmm. then we get to be successful at it. And, and like we were talking about before we started recording, success is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not the same for you as it might be for me or, or anybody else. Yep. Um, it's not about being famous. You know, there are people that want to be famous and there's nothing wrong with that. But success in, I think success in, in music in general is, can you make a living? Can you survive and mm-hmm. pay your bills mm-hmm. and support a family if you have one? Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, then you're being successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't have to have a hit song on the radio and be known by millions and millions of people to be successful in this industry. Yep. You know, so anyway, yep. that's my little... Yeah, my little spiel. <laughs> no, that's it, man. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, so, give us a quick history of who Eric Hurt is and where you're from and how you got into music to begin with and what brought you to Nashville. Okay, uh, I'll try to con- condense it all uh, and um, make it somewhat brief. Um, grew up in a really small town in Northeast Texas of about three thousand people. Uh, my family was not musical. I didn't have any exposure to, you know to music other than my dad listening to it on the radio and Mm -hmm. mom and dad putting on Ray Charles records at the house, you know? Um, but when I was a kid, I found a guitar in my dad's closet. Somebody gave him because, uh, they owed him some money and that's all that they had. So they gave him a guitar and then he just shoved it in the back of his closet and I found it at some point. And I was like, man, you know, years leading up to that, I was, would spend countless hours in the, you know, little stereo room with headphones on recording my favorite songs on our local rock station. And, uh, just always loved music, found the guitar, taught myself how to play. As I got into high school, I realized I wanted to pursue something in music as a career. I wanted to study it in college. Um, so I went to Tyler junior college in Tyler, Texas for a couple of years. I was a music major there and then heard about a school called Belmont University that's based in Nashville. Um, I, I was smart enough at the time to know that if I really wanted to make a career in music, I needed to go to New York at the time, Nashville or L.A. Belmont had a great reputation, and I picked Nashville because, one, of Belmont, and two, because Nashville was closer to home. Right. Um, it wasn't cause I love country music. Right. It was just, you know, hey, if I got if there's three hubs for music, Nashville's going to be where I land. Sure. So I uh, came here and um, finished a music degree at Belmont. It was uh, my degree was in composition and arranging. I didn't have any business classes. It was all music. Um, but uh, during my time there, I realized the importance of an internship. And I wasn't required to have one with my major, but I knew I needed a network and getting to get to know people. So I got an internship at a great publishing company called Alma Irving. Um, fantastic strong independent publisher that's now you know been absorbed into universal publishing right um but so that internship was probably the 
best thing that I've done in my career, um, at least for setting things up, or at least my stage. Sure. Um, now, did you get that internship through Belmont because you were uh, at, at school, and so they were able to set that up for you, or to kind of? Yeah, I went through their internship program. Okay. Um, and now the, the the laws have gotten a lot more strict on uh, who can accept interns. Now uh, you have to receive school credit, or you have to be paid. Um, you know, you've got to have some kind of paid position within the company. So it has become increasingly harder for people that aren't in school to get an internship, you know, and just work for free because there's laws that protect, you know, okay. People from, you that's know, good to know able to do that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, is it, can is it, is it possible though? I mean, can people still, can someone walk into a publisher or a record label here on music row and get an internship unless they've gone to school or unless it's possible. It's, just, um, just it's, harder. it's much more unlikely that you're going to land at a company that, you know, like a major label mm -hmm. or a major music publisher or, you know, one of the big powerhouse management companies, you know, you'll probably end up landing at a, uh, you know, real, um, much more of an independent company, yeah. which is totally fine. There's sure. some really strong independent companies yeah, out course. there, but it limits your options. Sure. Okay. So, cool. um, thanks. But uh, anyway, I, let's see. I got out of college, um, finished that internship, started working at a record label, Forefront Records. I'm sure you yeah. know Christian Record oh, Label. Forefront. <laughs> uh, and I uh, worked there just in an admin capacity, doing a job I couldn't stand. You know, I wanted to be A and R, you know, but I was green, you know, and got to start somewhere. Uh, got to start somewhere. So I took the first job that would accept me and it was at forefront it was a great record label great people i'm still friends with all of them but um because of my internship that i did and because i stayed in touch with them that's what really set me on my career path now is because after being at forefront records for about three years uh during that whole time i stayed up with the alma irving people and then they recommended me for a song plugger position at a music publishing company, which I ended up taking. So it was my first gig as a creative in mm -hmm. a music publishing company. And that only happened because I maintained my relationships. And, you know, That's I was... That's what it all comes back to. Yep. I main, maintained the relationships. I wasn't pushy. I was patient with it. Yeah. And I kept up with them because they had become friends. Yeah. Uh, and they recommended me for a job, and I was fortunate to get the job. Let's talk about that job for a second. So you were a song plugger, mm -hmm. and who was that with again? It was with the producer named Joe Scaife. He uh, he was the one that produced Achy Breaky Heart on um, Billy Ray Cyrus, and then uh, did a bunch of work with Alabama. Um, I know Joe Scaife. You know Joe? Y yeah, yeah, you got me a job with him. <laughs> oh, I did. I don't remember that. This is how far back. <laughs> this we is go. how far back. God, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, because. I was living in I was living in Nashville yeah. originally uh -huh. 2000 uh yeah 2000 and then I moved away for a bit I moved back to Paducah where I'm from mm -hmm. uh and then I was going to move back to town and I called you I think my, our friend Rob mm -hmm. s said call Eric he might have a job for you and you're like hey Joe Scaife needs someone to come help work on his house he's doing some remodeling or something I forgot about yeah. this and man. so that's that's how I got back to Nashville with, and I had a job when I came here was because I did that with on his house for a little bit. <laughs> that, isn't that crazy, yeah, yeah. man? Okay, that's I'm sorry. Continue. That's a little side. I forgot. Totally thing. forgot about that. That's what I that was. That. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, so you're, you're song plugging for Joe. Yeah, correct? and he had a new venture, joint venture with a company called Cal Four Entertainment, just C A L and the number four. Four. Okay. Um, so we only had, or at least on on the our side of things, we only had one writer. This guy named Steve Fox, and so I was in charge of looking after Steve, his calendar, pitching songs, you know, setting up co-writes. Um, and just kind of doing that whole thing. And this is as a song plugger? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about what a song plugger does. Because there's somebody listening that is thinking, I want to be a song plugger. Or it's an artist or a songwriter that's like that's thinking, I need to get a song plugger to plug my songs for me. Yeah. Kind of those two areas. So explain to everyone what a song plugger is and what you do in that position. So a song plugger is somebody that maintains relationships with all the labels and the A&R teams in town. Um, they also uh, build relationships with all the publishers in town. And like in, in this scenario, Steve Fox was the writer that I worked with. So every song that he wrote, he would turn it into me. And I, would, I was very familiar with his catalog of songs. So I would keep up with all the artists in town that were working on records and the kind of material that they were looking to record. And then if Steve wrote a song that I felt fit a project for mm-hmm. Tim McGraw or whoever, mm-hmm. then I would take that song to the record label and play for them, or I'd send it to the producer or, you know, get together with the artist, you know, when, when that was an option, mm-hmm. basically get the songs into as many hands as possible to try to get that song cut by an artist. Um, and then I would also, um, work with the, uh, writer and his, uh, his calendar and set up co-writes, you know, different collaborations with other songwriters around town or other, other artists. Um, that's always the best if you can get your writer in with an artist to write a song. Um, but those are two really two main things, pitching songs and setting up co-writes. So you're doing a song plugging position because Joe set it up and that's through Joe's company, correct? Yeah, through that. his joint venture with Cal4. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people that are independent song pluggers mm-hmm. that don't work for anyone in particular, but mm-hmm. you know, an artist or a songwriter or artist-songwriter, whatever, uh, will hire a song plugger mm-hmm. to plug your songs for you. Mm-hmm. Is there an advantage or disadvantage to, to working with an independent song plugger as opposed to someone who's on staff with a company as a song plugger, or does that really matter? It, think? it depends on who you get. Like uh, Liz Moran and Rana Reeves are two people that I've got a great relationship with in town. That They've done a lot of independent plugging for people, and um, they're fantastic. Okay. They've, uh, um, they've come across a lot of great artists and worked with a lot of great artists early on in their careers, like Brett Young and mm-hmm. Abby Anderson, new artists that's coming out. So they're great. They don't just take on anybody. You right. know, they, they will only work music they feel like, you know, has a home somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going the independent route and trying to find somebody to pitch your songs on that level, I'd just make sure that those people, you know, have the relationships in town and really know what they're doing Mm -hmm. with it. Um, so you're not spending money needlessly. Yeah. So as a song player, because again, you know, somebody's listening, thinking this is something that I might enjoy doing as a career, uh, for a while is being a song plugger. And you're talking about, you're building relationships with, you know, the, the label people, the A&R people, the publishers, you know, all these different groups of people that you have to know. Mm-hmm. How do you 
go about building those relationships with those people. That's a lot of people to get to know and a lot of high up people as mm-hmm. well. Like how do you make that connection with so-and-so saying, Hey, I'm, my name is Eric Hurt or my name is Marty Keith. And I want to, I'm a song plugger. I need to know who you are so I can get my artist to you. Like how does that typically work? Yeah. Uh, to, just to get those relationships going. Well, in, in my case, um, I didn't know any of those people right. at the time. Starting I, out, I had course. to get to know those people, but the people that are in those positions are typically very outgoing. They're very social. Um, they love meeting new people. They're comfortable in a lot of different scenarios, one-on-one to, you know, a room full of people and parties and events, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's people that kind of thrive on that social aspect of sure. things. Yeah. Um, so that for me, that's how I am. You know, I, yeah. I love all that. Joe Scaife recognized that and knew that that is something that he really needed in a young plugger, somebody that was hungry and wanted to go out and get to know everybody. The relationships came through Joe's introductions because Joe knew everybody. Sure. So he would just call up the phone and pick up the phone and call whoever and say, hey, I just hired this guy. I want you to take a meeting with him. And that would start my relationship. Yeah. And again, because you had a relationship with Joe already. Yeah. You know, so that's just kind of expanding on that. Yeah. That aspect of it. So that's good to know. So okay. if you're coming in fresh, if that's an area that you want to go and want to work for a publisher, you know, then, um, if, especially if it's your first job, then I would definitely, I companies that have current success going on because they're going to help set up those introductions for you. Yeah. And if there's not a lot of activity being generated from that company, then it's going to be really hard for, you know, that person to get in the right doors. Sure. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I don't think I ever knew that you did song plugging. So, yeah. you know, you're always, always learning something new. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I love doing this show as everybody I hang out with, even though I know most people that, that come on the show, I've known for a long time, I'm still always learning something new about them. Yeah. You know, so that it's just always fun. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you moved on after song plugging and then where did you go from there? Um, well, I was doing that for a while. Uh, my next job after that was with Barbara Orbison, uh, Roy Orbison's widow. Okay. Um, so uh, she hired me. Uh, actually, Clay Myers hired me. He was running the comp- her company at the time. So he hired me to come over and do the same thing there that I was doing for Joe Scaife. Okay. Uh, we're just working with more writers um, and um, and a great you know, independent company. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a few years doing that. Um and uh, that was fun. Barbara was, you know, it was great to work with. Her. How cool, man! You yeah. get to work with Roy Orbison's family. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Great experience getting yeah. to know her uh, before she passed away. Oh. But um, yeah, so that was cool. And then uh, at some point within that job, uh, I kind of blinked and was like, "Man, I got in the business side of things just because I needed to expand my network of people I knew." Mm-hmm. But all I ever wanted to do was music. You know, I'm going to blink and be 70 years old and never setting out to do what I've dreamed about doing ever mm-hmm. since I was a kid. And that was to play and to sing and write songs, you know, yeah. and like everything I was doing was cool, but you know, I wanted to be on the other side of it. So that's when I decided to step away from that job and start a rock band. It sounds like a smart move, right? Right. Of course. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I did that and started this group and we uh, started playing around a lot, uh, recording material, and I was using the relationships I'd built uh, so far in the industry to open up other doors for our band. 
And uh, long story short, from there, we hit that for a few years. And um, I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to chase a record deal. And, and I think I want to get back on the business side of things, mm -hmm. uh, keep music for fun, but work in a creative capacity. So I was concerned, like the creative gigs aren't easy ones to come across. They don't open up all the time. Right. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to get another position, you know, like I had to go my, back into the business yeah. side. Yeah. So it was a real risk I took to step away from that. Now, what, what makes you say that it would, that it's more difficult when you've, when you've had the relationships and you've been in it for so, so long to step away from it for a bit and then want to come back, what, like what makes it more difficult to come back if people already know who you are and they know your work ethic and those things like is there what kind of makes you think that that's a good question things move really fast just uh, because positions are filled so quickly it's hard to maybe find that one it's really hard to find those okay. positions um and then two uh when you step out of this role and then you get back into it you realize how much has changed mm, you sure. know like there's new artists that are coming out. Yeah. Like, so you have to relearn who these artists are. You got to relearn the kind of music that they're recording. You know, sonically things may have changed depending on how yeah, long you've been out of the game, you yeah. know? Um, so things can change quickly yeah. uh, with all of that. And yeah. people shift around in companies, you know, sure. so there, there's another dynamic there too, is that, you know, if you step out of it, when you get back into it, those relationships you once had might not be there anymore. Right. So the, the head of a label or a, a management company or whatever, that person mm -hmm. that hired you initially, they're gone. Yeah. And the, whoever's at the head of the company now, they don't know who you are. So totally. you're kind of starting from scratch sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes yep. sense. But when I decided to get back into it, I was really fortunate enough to land a great job at a, a Christian publishing company called Brentwood Benson. They yep. were owned by Universal Music. Okay. And that was awesome because that was before country music had become as pop as it is. It was very country at the time. And I was always more of a rock and pop guy. So the role at, uh, at a Christian publisher was fantastic because it allowed me to be in Nashville and maintain my connections and contacts that I built outside of this town in L.A., New York, whatever. And then use the power of uh, universal music um, as leverage to get into new doors. So, um, from Brentwood Benson, I was obviously working in the Christian market, but, uh, representing artists and songwriters and producers that were able to do pop and rock. Uh, so I was able to really build new, more relationships, you know, outside of this city as I was working this mm -hmm. town as well. And that has ended up serving me well through the years. So what did you do? What was your position at Brentwood Benson? Um, I think my title was creative director or something. It was, uh, it was kind of the same thing that I'd been doing for Barbara Orbison and, um, and for Joe, you okay. know, uh, just representing more writers. I had a, a much bigger roster, more responsibility at Brentwood Benson. Um, but, you know, so it's not just song plugging and, that you're doing. No, um, it, no, but it's all, it's all centered around exposing the copyright. Sure. You know, so in that case, it was from, you know, setting up collaborations mm -hmm. with other artists so that the other artists would record the songs or you would take the songs and you'd pitch them, you know, to other projects or you'd work with music supervisors and get get the music out to, you know, for film and TV placements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those were three areas that 
you know, I was really working on and setting up a whole lot of co-writes, but, um, but that was kind of on the front end of this town becoming as pop leaning as it is. Um, because when people on music row were thinking, well, if I want to get real cool pop production, I've got to go all the way out to LA to do that. And I was raising my hand from Franklin saying, no, you don't. All you got to do is come down and, you know, get together with some of these producers and writers that are crushing it in the Christian market because yeah. their production is just as good. You know, just the lyrical content is different. Right. So I was able to use a lot of those guys as leverage to, you know, expand my network and, and influence in town and outside of town. So, yeah, so that uh, that started that. Uh, then I went on, went to a couple other companies after that. You know, I don't know how much of my boring story you want. Oh, that's not boring at all. Uh, but I think it's interesting and important for people to know that are listening, you know, because there's a trajectory you know, of a career, it's got to start somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and how it builds, one thing builds upon another, you know, it's not just randomly going from place to place and happen to get a job doing the same, the same thing or something that just sort of happens to be in the same <clears throat> universe as what you were doing. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's all building on top of each other, Yeah, you know, because of relationships and work ethic and things like that. And, you know, so that's important, you know, so it's not, it's not boring at all. Yeah. I think people need to know, like, this is what, this is what it is. Yeah. You know, this is what it takes and it takes years. It's not something that's just going to happen overnight. Yeah. You know, that's right. overnight success is not overnight success for anybody. You know, we always put that on an artist, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, they came out of nowhere. Now they've been working 20, 30 years to get mm-hmm. to that point to be an overnight success to the world. Mm-hmm. But the same thing applies to everyone behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, no matter what you're doing, I think so. Absolutely. I was just talking to an artist the other day that was, you know, getting kind of antsy. He's kind of new in his career and getting a little bit antsy on things. And, and I told him this, and I think it really applies to whether you're an artist or whether you want to be in the business, but there's two things that there's absolutely no substitute for in this industry. And it's uh, patience and hard work. Uh, it's going to take a lot of both. And, um, if you do both of those things, then, you know, good things will happen, you know, keep your head down and, but you got to be patient. Yep. And it goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of not giving up Yeah. when everyone else gives up, you don't give up, you keep going and you find a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to make you successful Yep. because it's hard work, but it's also being very patient. Yeah. (laughs) It's those very two things. Yeah. You know, that's exactly right. And one thing that's kept me going through the years is I've realized like the longer I do it, you know, the more I see other people like, you know, I've seen people through the years like break off and go move into different things. They, Mm -hmm. you know, and this isn't a knock to them. They just decided to take different career paths. But I started to see that and I was like, golly, you know, the, the longer I do this and the, the more that I climb in my career, it's starting to filter out to where at some point I'm going to be at the top of the trial, you know, exactly right. I'm going to be, you know, running the company or whatever with my friends, you know, that, you know, those of us that have worked hard, been patient and stuck it out, you know, when others decide to take a different route, you know, that's exactly right. It's taken a long time to get to that point, but, um, Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a lifetime of work Yeah, as an adult, yeah. <laughs> an adult's lifetime, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, you're 19 coming out of college until you retire, mm-hmm. you know, it, it takes that entire rest of your life to sometimes to get to the top of whatever it is you're working towards. Yeah. And it's the journey. It's not mm-hmm. always about getting there. I mean, you could get to the very top 
you know, in your mid twenties, mm-hmm. you know, if you're able to do that, mm-hmm. but then what, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you kind of hit the, the pinnacle and you might be able to stay there the rest of your life and you may be bored to death and you might say, I'm done. I want to go do something else. But most of us, it's, it's slow steps that mm-hmm. gets you up to the, up to that point, you know? Yeah. So it's that journey of your life that allows you to do that and everything that you experience in between, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's really important. Yeah. Life lessons to learn, yep. you know, in doing all this, no matter what you're doing, whether yeah. it be music or not. But. Yeah. And I think you've hit on a great point there too, is that we can't compare our journey to somebody else's, mm-hmm. you know? So if somebody comes out of the gate and just knocks it out of the park and then all of a sudden they're on top of the world and only been doing it for five years, yeah, maybe that happens for some people, yeah. but that is so few that that happens for. And, you know, that's, that makes such a big splash that you yeah. feel like at some point when you're early in your career that maybe that's the norm and, and you get antsy and you get impatient and you think that you've got to rush the process more and you don't. You yeah. know, your your journey is unique to you and it's going to, you you can't force it. Yeah, you, you know, work hard. there are two artists that, as we're talking about this, that pop in my head that make me think that I've done this very thing um, and done it very successfully. So uh, whether it be in mainstream music or in Christian music, either one, there are artists that kind of, as soon as they launch, they hit it big, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, and they're big for three or four years. And then it kind of, it kind of fades away mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason they burn out, they quit something just, you know, we, we never know the details of what's going on behind the scenes, but you know, they hit it big and it's great for a little bit and then they're gone. And then there are other artists and two in particular, one is a band called Skillet. Oh yeah, you know they're a Christian rock band, mm-hmm. but they're mainstream now. They're hu- they're pretty huge now, and then the other artist is called Plum, mm-hmm. which is a, a female artist for people who don't know that, and they're both Christian music artists initially, and I remember when they started out in like the late '90s, early 2000s when they were first getting going, and they were fairly you know quote unquote low level artists at the time, and over the years, I mean. 20 plus years now, you know, I've watched them, both of those artists grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. When others hit it so fast and were gone very shortly afterwards, mm-hmm. they've built a 20 plus year career that now they're on top, you know, they're really huge artists mm-hmm. and, and people know them all over the world and they, they've had 20 years of success, mm-hmm. you know, slow building. But they've been around what feels like forever, mm-hmm. where the others that, that took off and shot to the top real fast, two or three years, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah so I think yeah. that's interesting to yeah. kind of put those things in perspective. Yep. You know, one thing I'd like to get your perspective on as okay. an artist and, and creator, um, we, we talk a lot about sticking it out and being patient and maintaining, but I think it's really important for there to be a strong dose of reality for those that want to do this, no matter what side of the business they want to get in on, whether it's a creative side or business side that, you know, really be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're not that great of a musician or an artist and it's just not connecting, maybe there's something else that you're great at, Mm -hmm. you know, don't be afraid to pivot, you know, and, you know, get, on track with what you're really good at and do that, you know, because there's plenty of roles in this business that you can fall into. If you're, if it's just not being an artist, you know, like for me, you know, that wasn't my track, you know I mean? We had a cool band, but I realized like, man, 
I need to get off of this. I need to get back on the business end of it because that's where I'm building my momentum and right. speed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to give this false impression that, all right, if you've got a guitar and you're writing songs, just stick with it over the next 40 years. And sure. You'll yeah. make it. I mean, do you feel the same? Yeah, I do. Um, what I have done, and I think a lot of people listening probably already know this, but, you know, I've spent 25-ish years doing music, mm-hmm. being in the industry. And I, I, I am, not I have been, but I am currently, I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. I'm a songwriter. I'm a producer. I write music. I write Christian music and pop and country music. I'm a worship pastor. Uh, I'm a guitar teacher. I'm a booking agent. I have a different, like a roster of artists that I do booking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I write music for TV and film sync projects. Uh, I write for myself. I write for other artists as well and produce for other artists. I'm a podcast host now for a music business, you know, mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and so it's taken me 20 years of of doing different things that have mm. allowed me to be able to do music for full time. Mm, it's mm-hmm. not just one thing that I get to do. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, we don't get to do one thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are a few people that get to do that, mm-hmm. that may have one or two jobs and that's kind of it, you know? And I think that's probably easier. It's easier for you to be able to do that because you're with a company, mm-hmm. you know, you're on staff at a company that pays a salary and allows you to do that for most people, especially on the creative side, we don't get that luxury. Mm-hmm. Like we're out having to hustle and create our own work, mm-hmm. you know? And it is, like we said, it's patience and hard work. It's those two things. It has to come back to those to those things. And building relationships, you know, it's like, I can reach out to you mm-hmm. and I can say, I might be able to say, hey, Eric, I've got a song that I think would be perfect for one of the artists that you're working working with. Can I send you this song mm-hmm. and let you take a listen to it and see? Well, you know, I've known each other for years and we've built that relationship that you trust me enough to be able to, to let me send you something, even if it doesn't f- end up fitting what they're doing. Right. Yeah. But you're at least willing to take a chance on me because you know who I am, mm-hmm. what I'm about. And you know that as a musician and a songwriter, what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, we have to go back and think, okay, well, maybe you're not really good maybe a person isn't really as good at being a musician or being a songwriter as they think they are. Mm-hmm. And so what else can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're good at something else. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's always the tricky thing. People come up to you and they ask, Hey, I've got this song and they'll, you know, years ago, this has happened a few times over the years. Someone will hand me a tape, you know, cassette tape back in the day or a CD or something. And Hey, I just recorded this song or this album, you know, take a listen to it, you know, and sometimes they're really good. I'm like, wow, this is phenomenal. Sometimes it's not so much. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing when your parents and your family tell you that you're great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a false sense of security. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you can't rely on... And yes, you need that, you need that support mm-hmm. from your family, of course. But you can't rely on, on family and close friends only and your parents to, mm-hmm. to dictate whether or not you should pursue this particular career because they're not the end all be all to yeah. that. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to be, we have to look at ourselves and go, okay, is this really what I'm good at? What else am I good at? I could, that I might be better at doing than this. I may have a business side of me that real analytical side of me. That's really good at numbers or, 
you know, graphic design, but I want to go into music. I want to be in the music industry, but I'm really good at this thing more than I am a singer. I'm not mm-hmm. really a great singer maybe, but I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole point of this podcast is that, you know, there are people that do all kinds of things in this yeah. industry. It's yeah. not just about being an artist or a singer mm-hmm. or a songwriter. You know, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. And so it's finding your, finding what you're passionate about and what you're good at. And then, and then, spearheading that mm-hmm. and making that be something that you go, go after, yep. you know, and, and people have people around you. Like we build the relationships with people when we're in town, having those people that we can reach out to and they can kind of help steer you in the direction that is best for you, mm-hmm. you know, because we're around people, you know, you can give me advice on things that I might not know something about as well or very well. Uh, and you can say, you know what, maybe you should do this. Maybe this is, a better option for you because this is a strength that you have that you might not see in yourself. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that, if that answers your question. Or yeah. Not, but no, it does. Yeah, yeah. it does. So. Yeah. I just, I think that's, yeah, you said it great. Cool. Uh, thanks for asking me a question. It's you, that's kind of flip, <laughs> flip the script on me there. Yeah. <laughs> so most recently you've been at a company called black river entertainment. Yep. Tell us what that is and what you've been doing for them. Because they work, you worked with a lot of really big artists in different genres with that company here mm-hmm. in town. Um, it's uh, a record label, a music publishing company, and some of Nashville's premier recording studios. Just Nashville is the only office they got, independent company, family-owned. Um, the owners own the Buffalo Bills and okay. you know, Black River and other businesses. But uh, my role there was in the publishing side of things where um, I was looking after our roster on a publishing level. You know, again, setting up co-writes, pitching songs, looking for creative ways to, you know, expose that catalog, you know, and, and you know, build some traction, you know, more mm-hmm. traction out of it. So, uh yeah, awesome company. I signed an artist there named uh, Willie Jones to a publishing deal, and that started my relationship with Empire, which is the company I'm with now. Okay. But, yeah. All right. Well, I want to get to Empire in a minute. Um, as far as Black River goes, so you say you're, doing, you're working on the publishing side of things. Now, you're still setting up co-writes and things like mm-hmm. that, but when you were with Joe Scaife and uh, Brentwood Benson, you weren't technically on the doing publishing at least you didn't mention that it, yeah that it, was all publishing it's all it's kind of all running into each other because you're doing yeah. multiple things mm-hmm. within these companies yeah you know and i think that's important because i i was telling you a minute ago i do multiple things as a career mm-hmm. that allow me to do so my company is Edenbrook productions well everything that i do as and all those different things i listed earlier all fit under that umbrella of what Edenbrook productions is mm-hmm. so you're basically doing all of these different things, your publishing, song plugging, A&R, you know, whatever it else it is that you're doing is kind of all fitting under the umbrella of either Black River Entertainment or Brentwood Benson or things like that, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would describe it as publishing being the umbrella and all of these responsibilities follow under, underneath that. Underneath publishing. So yeah. publishing, if, if you're in a creative position at, pub, at a publishing company, at least in Nashville, then you are dealing with setting up co-writes, you're dealing with pitching songs, you're dealing with uh, A&R, you know, on signing new talent mm-hmm. to publishing deals. And um, you said you signed uh, Willie Jones mm-hmm. uh, to Black River. And you signed him for, for, to a publishing deal? Is yep. that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. that's not A&R. 
for that necessarily because it's a you're signing him as a as a publisher, you're signing him as to be a writer. Yeah. So guys. it would be, I mean, it's still like could be considered a and R on a publishing, on the publishing level. Side. Sure. You know? So, and then there's, you know, most people think of a and R is just on a record label side doing that, but there's this kind of same element on a right. publishing level as well. Yeah. Um, it all bleeds together. It, like, there are so many things that just together. kind of overlap in this yep. industry, you know? And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, I want people to know that there are all different, avenues that you can take to get mm-hmm. into the music business and mm-hmm. at some point you're going to end up overlapping into something else and crisscrossing yeah yeah you know which is great because mm-hmm. you need to i think the most successful people in the industry are the ones that that have their hand in different things mm-hmm. at once because Absolutely. the more you know yeah the better you understand you know how things work and the more successful you can be to get through those things. Absolutely. A lot of times you hit a, you hit a brick wall. You don't understand what something is or how it works. Mm-hmm. And then you can't get past that. And you, then you're trying to figure a way around those things. Yep. Yep. So that's it, man. Um, yeah. The more you know about this industry, the more valuable you become to other people. And every job that I've taken at other companies has been because of like a company seeking me out you know, and, and wanting to hire me. It wasn't because I was looking to leave a job and trying to find something else. I've been really fortunate in that area. But when I look back on it, it's been because I've been really diligent about learning multiple sides of the industry, broadening my web of contacts, you know, so that I can move in different areas, mm-hmm. um, in different genres, um, you know, and, and, kind of pivot as needed you know so that's created value over time sure and it has led to multiple opportunities yeah so i'm going to put you on the spot who are three of your favorite artists that you have worked with over the years as far as like either signing somebody or just plugging for somebody whatever um not that not that everybody isn't right isn't great but just who are who are three that pop up in your head that you've really enjoyed working with well, Willie Jones. Okay. Um, you know, he's really coming up right now. Uh, Josh Kerr at Black River. Um, I didn't sign Josh there, but I got to work with him uh, while I was there. Um, he's had a really great string of success. Yeah, he's a um, great songwriter. Yeah, fantastic yeah. writer. Big, big, for people who don't know, he's a huge country songwriter. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so many different people that I've worked with through the years, and they're all like on different levels. Sure. You know, everybody is yeah. just so That's what different. I'm putting you on the spot there, yeah. so you don't have to answer. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Willie Jones and Josh Kerr are, uh, are two great. Yeah, Walker great. Hayes I worked with. Walker's doing great okay. uh, right now. He's a country artist. Yeah. Um, now, you worked with so the artists you've worked with at Black River. Kelsey Ballerini yep. is, is with them, So you and she's been hugely phenomenal and mm-hmm. successful over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Josh Wilson, Josh Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and he's a Christian music yep. pop artist, singer, songwriter, pop artist. Yeah. I think one of the cool things about black river is that they're as a company, they work with multiple genres mm-hmm. of people. It's not just, just, I'm just country. I'm just pop. I'm just Christian or worship music or totally. hip hop or whatever it is. It's, it's a mixture of kind of different things. Yeah. That's one um, reason why I love working with Josh so much. I mean, I could take him over to London and do pop sessions and set stuff up out in LA. And then he's a hot writer in Nashville, yeah. you know? So, um, 
And he is a, a fantastic writer in the Christian space too. Um, he just had a big hit with for King and Country called God Only Knows. Yeah, you know, so he's one that is fun to work with and is super versatile. So you can put him in any different kind of scenario, and most of the time he wins. You yeah, know? and you know that's a real testament to not only his his writing but also just. A testament to songs, you know, it, at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're just a great songwriter, you've got great songs, then you can probably um, find ways to work in various genres. Yeah. You know, if you know how to really craft a great song. So let's talk about that for a second. As someone that's in your position doing A&R and publishing and song plugging and setting up co-writes and all of these things, what is it that you're looking for when you sign a writer it has varied through the years depending on the current roster that we've got um and you know where we are as a company uh right now with empire um the stuff that i'm looking for i'm on the lab, more on the label side now building our roster there more in the lane of finding things that have a bit of traction and team a team around it i don't want to start it ground zero mm -hmm. with an artist just because I don't have the time to do that. Um, something needs to be going on, you know, that warrants us getting involved. Okay. So, you know, that's now black river, you know, it could be brand, a brand new writer that doesn't have any cuts in their name. But at the time when I was there, we needed another track guy, you know, producer type. And so that's what I was really, looking for um as i was leaving whether they had cuts or not didn't matter as much as like are you really really good at what you do and do i think i can create opportunities for you based mm -hmm. on our resources and your talent yeah yeah so and then you'll go through phases to where it's like okay you know we've got a young roster we need to stop signing young artists or young writers we need a more of an anchor you know, mm -hmm. so let's someone find who's, who's had hits over the yeah. years and is looking for a deal. Yep. So let's find one of those people that we're willing to pay more for and uh, pull somebody a, more of a heavyweight over into the roster. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. And so, what is your? So now you're at Empire. What is Empire, and what are you doing with them? Uh, VP of A and R for them, um, launching their Nashville division. It's a company that's had a lot of success in the urban space and has broken artists from Kendrick Lamar, Cardi B, um, XXX, Tentacion. Um, we work with Snoop, Iggy Azalea, Tyga. Um, there's been a lot of people in that urban space that Empire's dealt with. Um, but they wanted to get into the Nashville space and country music. So... I'm spearheading our efforts on that end and um, really just approaching this town, not saying that Empire's better than anybody else in town, but just saying, hey, here's another offering. You know, we're coming in town with kind of an urban philosophy and mindset on how we partner with artists uh, and how we put music out. Um, so it's just kind of bringing that, that game to this town, you know, just a bit of a different perspective. But so like genre wise, what are you focusing on being in Nashville with empire since they've got such an urban history? Is it still 
is it trying to sign urban writers in Nashville? Or are you focusing on country or anything else? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, most of my focus is building the country roster, although it's not limited to that. Okay. I really want to do what I can to support the urban scene here because there's some interesting things going on mm-hmm. in town. Uh, but uh, So I would like to help develop that. But my main focus right now is to build the country division for them. Okay. Um, there's some pop stuff I'm working on mm-hmm. um, as well. But... Um, 90% of it is going to be in country right now. Okay. So you're looking to sign new artists, new country artists for Empire, yep. for Nashville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So what was, I'm curious, what, just because their history being in urban, from urban music, they reached out to you, correct? Mm-hmm. So what made them say, hey, Eric Hurt, we want to sign you and make you our VP of A&R for an urban-based company. Because I don't remember you being an urban. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't need me for urban. They've got that covered well. Yeah. You know? So uh, it was um, had a lot to do with Willie Jones's manager. Okay. Um, so Willie knew that Empire was looking to branch into Nashville. And, um, and you signed Willie to Black River. Yep. Yeah. And so his manager, Johnny, was talking to Ghazi, the owner of Empire, and was like, Eric's your guy. Okay. Like he's been a great partner on a publishing level. He knows everybody in town, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm. this is who you need to be Relationships. talking to. Relationships. Yeah. It's all back to it, man. Yeah. So it was a guys and I got talking and it was months of talking, yeah. you know, before really decided. Um, well, it was, it was a little bit of time for him to flush things out with me to see if I really was the right guy for it. And then it took some time for me to decide if, you know, teaming up with going from a great company like Black River to something very different, yeah. like Empire, is this going to be good for my career? Or is everybody going to look at this and go like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you've never worked in hip hop. You know, who is this company? And, you know, I really had to wrestle with, do I run the risk of um, people just thinking it's an odd move and it just not working because they are out there and they do their thing. And maybe it looks like they're just trying to buy into this market. Mm-hmm. You know, fortunately, that has not been the case at all. It's been met with a lot of excitement in town, so Great. we've got a lot of support. That's good. Yeah, good. Well, uh, I know you'll be successful no matter what you do. You've been no, successful for years and years, and you too, man. Yeah. Hey, we're still here doing it. We're that still makes doing us it. successful. All right. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. And that's what I want people to know that are listening. It's like we're successful at what we do. Yeah. You know, you're married. I'm married. Um, real quick, let's talk about, you know, how has 20 plus years being in the music industry for you being a married man, having a family, how does that affected your family and how do you guys work through those things together? You you have to have a really understanding and strong spouse, you know, I mean, these, this is not a nine to five job. Uh, you're out all the time. You're at a ton of different events, uh, depending on what kind of role you've got, there could be a lot of travel. Um, you know, so it's it's a big commitment to be out. And uh, so, you know, just the spouse understanding that it's, you know, the hours can be weird. You know, you meet a lot of people along the way. And um, and then just, you know, outside of that, um, really maintaining a healthy balance. You know, you got to have a balance, some, you know, with it and making sure that you get that family time in and yeah. that when you're off, you know, that, be off. You're, be off. Yeah. And that's hard. I'm not great with that. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's tr- tricky for, for us 
because my wife is, she's a musician as well, but she's also an author. She writes um, fiction novels. Oh, cool. And is very successful at that. But we work out of our home and we homeschool our daughter. So everything mm-hmm. we do is out of our home. So we are nonstop creative all at all times of the day. And when you don't have to work, you know, nine to five, five o'clock comes, you know, you're supposed to clock out and you get an idea and you can go write something down or you can go record something real quick and just, it's just right there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to shut those things off yeah. when you live in it yeah. 24-7. And it's your passion. And it's your passion. It's what yeah. you love to do. You yeah. know, it's like you get bored. It's like someone else is hanging out watching TV and like, I don't want to watch TV. I can go over here and I can write a song real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. Yep. You know, so it's making sure that you, you balance those things and not yeah. let, because that can, that can affect in a negative way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you've got to learn to have have balance and know when to take a break. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So yeah, you have to, you have to learn the power of no, yeah. you know, and, and saying no to events, saying no to meetings, saying no to, you know, parties or whatever. And, you know, I'm finding through the years that, um, that can make you more valuable. You know, if you, um, you know, really select what you do and choose your time wisely on where to, where to spend it and you say no to things, um, then, um, you know, that can, there's a lot of respect that can come along with that. And, you know, you're not going to, there's so much stuff that happens. I could schedule, we both could schedule ourselves till we're silly and be out every single night mm-hmm. and justify it, yeah. you know, but. And it not um, really matter in the end. And it not really matter. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, um, you just have to, you got to know you can't cover it all. You got to be okay saying no to things. And then, uh, and balance it all out. Yeah. So as we close out, can you give some advice on someone wants to get into, you know, song plugging, A&R, publishing, the business side of things? Um, what would you recommend for someone wanting to do that? That's trying to, they're, they're moving into town, whether it be Nashville or LA or Atlanta, Chicago, whatever it is. What are some practical steps for them to do that? And then also on the artist or, or songwriter side, you know, if somebody's wanting to come to town and get signed to a label or to a publishing company, whether it be Empire, Black River, or Brentwood Benson or whatever, you know, what would you tell them? Here are the steps that you need to actually take. Cause you can Google this stuff all day long, mm-hmm. trying to get these answers and nobody's going to give it to you. So that's one of the reasons why we do this is mm-hmm. try to get some, some in-depth information that you don't normally hear. Mm-hmm. You can't find online. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you kind of, set up those two things for, from the business side and from an artist side for people wanting to get into this? Um, you've already said it. One of the main things and first steps is to move into the town okay. that you want to do it in, yeah. you know? So, uh, if it's national, uh, you know, LA, New York, Atlanta, you know, find one of the hubs, you know, where stuff is happening and immerse yourself in the genre and the side of the business or the side of the creative that you want to be on. Um, probably not going to happen from, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> you right. know, uh, no knock to Tulsa, right. but just know, not like, a major, major yeah. Mecca music Mecca. So if you really want to do it, commit to it, go for it and, um, immerse yourself in it. The second thing is to find out where things are happening, where the influencers are, uh, and where the community is and where they hang out so that you can show up at different places. Um, like Nashville, for example, every Monday night, they've got Whiskey Jam, free show. 
lot of artists come through there every Tuesday night. There's 10 roof revival. There's just two things like show up to those events because industry people go to those things and you can rub a lot of elbows there. You meet a lot of artists. So start building the relationships in in a really authentic way. Don't be pushy and don't try to rush anything. Mm-hmm. Just build relationships okay. and find the people that you connect with. You know, just because you feel like you need to know some Joe Blow over there, but you don't connect with them, you know, don't worry about it. You know, find your crew. Who do you connect with and and show up in the right circles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are two of the big things. And um, if I could sum it down into one thing, I'd just say just show up. Okay. Wherever that is. You know, show up to the city you want to be in, show up to the events you need to be at, show up to work, you know, show up to your co-writing session on time and early, show up in everything that you do, you know, Mm -hmm. and then people will start noticing. Very good. Let's backtrack just for a second, because you said, you know, you probably, if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or wherever it is, just a city outside of a major music city to eventually you got to get to the big cities mm-hmm. to where it's happening. But for the person that's actually, let's say the person that's in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now that is listening to this and is a musician or a songwriter or, you know, wanting, let's look at it from the artist side for a minute. Either they're not old enough to move away yet. And they might mm-hmm. still be in high school for, mm-hmm. for all we know, or they're in college right now going to school there and they can't leave yet, but they're, they're working at music. They're out playing shows Mm-hmm. in the area, you know, because most people have to build, everybody always says, you know, build your, your foundation where you are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and build up a fan base and whatever before you get to, to a big city, mm-hmm. you know, because like, just like you said with empire, you're looking for people that are, that are already active mm-hmm. and have things going. So mm-hmm. are you going out and looking for people that are you looking for people that are in Nashville that are being active? Or are you looking for people out around the country that are building a career for themselves and making some, you know, th- some rumbling of the earth, you know, that people know who they are and you're getting this information like, Oh, I need to go check out so-and-so because he's over in Tulsa, Oklahoma and he's doing something mm-hmm. and I need to know about that and mm-hmm. bring him in. Cause I mean, I think that happens for a lot of people mm-hmm. to start out. You know, most people don't start out in Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, but how does that work for you guys? What would you say about that? Um, that's a great question. The answer, answer that, no, they don't have to be here. Um, it's not, you know, even though I'm in Nashville, it doesn't mean like every artist I sign is going to be from Nashville. Yeah. Uh, what I will say, though, is everything that I hear about and the things that I know about that's got heat around it that I think that we might want to work with, it comes from other industry professionals um, and people artists or people in the business that have a tie-in to the community, whether it's in LA or in Asheville. Um, I'd never hear about, and maybe it's cause I'm just not looking in the right places, but I never hear about, you know, some kid that's blowing it up in Nebraska, right. but doesn't have a team that they're working with. You okay. know, there's so many great people here mm-hmm. in this town alone and in LA that I've got plenty of artists and people to talk to here, you know, so the chances that I will just hear about, you know, this guy in the middle of nowhere, you know, are probably slim, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
at the same time, I'm not scouring YouTube and I don't have an A&R research team you right. know, that's, you know, mining all of that stuff to see what's popping in yeah. different areas. You and know. it might be different for someone else at it a might company. Be, they yeah. might be able to do, go out and find those things that you're just not able to. So I know it's a specific question, yep. but from your experience, that's not, it hasn't worked for you necessarily to do that. It hasn't worked for me and it's not something I'm looking, you know, looking, looking to do, for, okay. you know, it would make it, it would make it pretty difficult yeah. on my end, you yeah. know, um, unless that, that, unless that person out in the middle of nowhere has got a rock star team that's attached to it, that's helping mm-hmm. drive it, that I can work in conjunction mm-hmm. with them. And chances um, are, if they do, they've got a manager, you know, a local manager or whatever that they're going, that person's going to reach out maybe to you or whoever mm-hmm. else it is in a big town yeah. that's doing it. Say, Hey, I've got this artist here. That's, that's blowing up mm-hmm. in Nebraska or wherever it is. And so, you know, and that they're putting you on to them. T- totally. You know, that kind of thing. Again, it's relationships and connections and networking and, and yeah. those things. Well, you know, to that point, I'm, this meeting I'm going to after this is with a kid, an artist from Granada that is down there doing his thing. He's got a unique style and thing, thing going on, but his manager lives here. Okay. And I, his manager called me. You know, I didn't find out about this kid just because he's down there by himself right you know in granada he's made connections in this town that can be his he it can be his spokesman for him sure you know yeah so that's a perfect scenario perfect so, example yeah. of that it it does happen yeah you know absolutely yeah that's good for people to know though to hear that it's like i think people need to be encouraged because for the for those that are not able to get to a big city just yet there is hope yeah, you know there there's is a internet, way. There's email. Yeah, and yeah. and for those that don't want a record deal, maybe they just they want to be independent. A lot of people are able to be successful independently nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing is to say, thrive where you where you are, mm-hmm. and build your base in your area. Now, for me personally, when I was kind of first getting going, and I you, you might know this, I don't know, but you know they say you know in your city, build yourself up in your mm-hmm. city or, you know, or within the region that mm-hmm. you're in. I never liked that for whatever reason. It's like, to me, if I was going to be, if I was going to go out and I was going to tour and I wanted people to know my music, I wanted to go out and tour. Mm-hmm. And so I built, I built my tours and I went out and I mean, I was calling and emailing, you know, well, they didn't have email back in the, in that day, hardly, but you know, making phone calls or when the email came out, I started emailing and Googling and whatever. And then I started going out and touring. Like I just did it. You know, I went out and, you know, from Paducah, Kentucky, where I was from, I was going out to Kansas City. So I went to college out there. So I, I was building relationships there, but I could go out to Kansas City and I got to know people there. Then all of a sudden I could go down to Florida and then up the East Coast. So I built a whole region like the, the Southeast, Midwest, the Southeast region hmm. that I built on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just did. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out and tour. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do just this little bitty hot spot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build two, three or four hot spots in different areas. Mm-hmm. And that it kind of expands your range, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think yeah. that's something that I would encourage people to do. It's yeah. like, yeah, have your, have your local area that mm-hmm. you're from and build something there. But go out and have these different places, and that way people know who you are in multiple multiple areas. Yeah, and build a fan base in that way. And I think that's a maybe a faster way to build up. Yeah, for for other people to know who you are. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, on the flip side of that, there's other people that have built really good careers on taking a very regional approach. Yeah, to just it, on know. a small part, of course. Yeah, you know, so I think it's uh, uh, I think it's important to to figure out, like, you know, what your path is, mm-hmm. you know, what makes the most sense for you and where you are in your yeah. career. You know, like, that's a great way that you built your career and doing that. Um, and it may not be the same know, for someone else. It might not be. Um, but anybody that's looking to int- implement a strategy like yours, you know, they should talk to you. Sure. You know, because you've got a lot of great advice on how do you build it like this, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, going back to how I find, find things and stuff, like if somebody is out in the middle of nowhere, I should say that with the way streaming is going and stuff, if they live out somewhere and they're like killing it, you know, and there's a real fan base listening to them, you know, then we'll find it. You know, and they don't necessarily have to be here or in, in L.A. or whatever. But I guess I'm speaking more on a, just a, you know, if you're just kind of getting going, yeah. you know, and yeah. looking for. And being on the business side, if you're wanting yeah. to be in the business side of it and work at a, at a label or publisher or management or whatever, then, yeah, you need to be. Yeah. You need to be at, in one of those cities that's actually yeah, doing yeah. that. You, you can't do that from your small hometown off in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be where it's happening for that. The Absolutely. artist thing is a little, a little different Yeah, because you're building a fan base and people get to know you and vice versa. We already talked about that. So yeah, um, I think that's a good distinction. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. It's so good to reach. Great to see with you, you, man. Thank yeah, you for, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on and talking and sharing all this. This is great, great information. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Well, I think people will be able to implement this into their careers and in their lives. And hopefully it will help somebody. Man, I hope so. I look forward to hearing your other uh, podcast. Awesome. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. You too, buddy. Thanks. Well, guys, there you have it. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Eric Hurt today. And I hope you took lots of notes and that you find ways to apply all that we talked about into your career and into your life as well. And remember, Edenbrook Productions is here to help if you need consultation services via phone call, Skype, or FaceTime. Be sure to let me know how we can help you make a living in the music industry.